Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture. I'm your host, Cherie Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, PBS early learning champion, teacher in Santa Monica, California, and wife to Professor Hiram Sims, and a whole lot of other hats, because y'all know mamas be wearing 17 million hats a day and an hour. But you're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network. As always, I love to start with the peak and pit of my day. It's something that we do with our family. It's a way that I get to connect with my children and my family. Y'all, take a breath with me real quick. (laughs) I talk really fast, and I'm starting to become more aware of it. And I know that it in part is because I have anxiety. And also because I have six children and like everything I do, I feel like I have to do really fast because I don't know how much time I'm going to have. So I'm going to try to slow down because I have time right now. And I don't want to give y'all anxiety because I'm busy talking so fast. So the peak and pit of my day, my husband decided that one graham cracker, one applesauce and an apple juice was enough for a child to take to school as a lunch and that that was going to sustain them from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And I realized that this is all that was packed in the lunch right as I was loading kids up in the car. So I needed to quick remake their lunches or make their lunches and make sure they had enough food. So that was the pit because it made me later than I wanted to be leaving the house. The peak of my day was this morning going into Matilda's room and waking her up in her bed. She's just the cutest little person and has the cutest little body, the way it's all curled up. And she was sleeping with a giant t-shirt on and a little naked booty was poked out and she just looks so cute. And I always go and I wake her up with kisses. And then when I woke her up, she said, good morning, mommy. And then she said, can you take care of that? I said, take care of what? She said, can you take care of the booty? Because Uh, The blanket was not on it and she was cold. And I just thought it was the cutest little thing. So I covered her up and that that was the peak of my day. It was just very sweet. I don't know how many of y'all listen to The Mama's Den. I hope that you do. I trust that you do because on the Black Love Podcast, we are a family. And so I'm here believing that we are all listening to all of the podcasts on the Black Love Podcast Network. And last episode of Parenting for the Culture, we talked about listening as one of our pillars. And we said we were going to get more into listening and the challenges of listening. And lo and behold, uh, about a week ago, the Mama's Den dropped a podcast episode that was kind of talking about listening and the things that go on with our children listening or not listening and the big feelings they get when they don't want to listen and the attitudes and challenges that we get when they don't want to listen. And we like, nah, y'all about to listen today. So I want to check out that clip real fast. And then I want to get into it a little bit with you guys. Them yep. twins, they gonna turn around and be like, what? Yep. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's, or I that's AZ. If I ask them, like, who are you talking to? You. you. I'm like, no. don't, And don't. then I don't know what to say Listen. after that sometimes. I feel like, little like, boy, go to your room. Don't ask that question. I'm gonna tell don't, my dad. Don't ask that question more, no more. Because I have learned my lesson with Azara. Dead ass says that to me all the time. She knows she's too old for that She's six years old. She'll be like, I'll be like, who are you talking to? And she will be like, you. Like, like <laughs> you dumb? Is anybody else in this right. conversation? <laughs> like, uh, but you know, okay, am so, I missing no, something? Like, so, here's, that. so here's the situation. After, the, after you ask that question, they give that to you. The next question to follow up in conscious parenting okay. would be, do you think that that's actually the appropriate way you need to speak to me? Yeah, yes. yes. Good job, Mel. Good, good answer, good answer. Because, good that, answer. Because, I, because that, like, that's how I feel like 
in those moments, that's the moments where yeah. you, your, yeah. your black mama want to come out. Yeah. Like, you be like, what? I'll slap mm-hmm. you into yesterday. I what didn't say nothing. I laughed. No, but you know what I'm saying? Because you literally, <laughs> do, because then you have to remember, <laughs> kids are so right. literal, right? <laughs> right. Like, what a dumb question. Yeah. Kids are so yeah. literal. Kids are like you. Like, is there right. any, like, yeah. obviously it's you and me having this right, conversation. Right, right. And then you really just be like, what kind of question is that? Is right, it's really a dumb question. Yeah. question. So the question after that has to be like, do you really feel like it's cool for you to right. talk to me like so that? I don't, I don't think it's cool. I don't ask that anymore. Instead, I'm like, don't talk, don't speak to me that yes, way. Yes, correct. Yeah. That's I what I say. I don't even ask Lord, them questions the that I don't want the answers words. to. Girl, you know it don't work, but I just keep saying it. All right. So first of all, go, if you didn't listen to the whole episode, go and listen to the whole episode. I love the Mama's Den because you actually feel like you are in a den with your mama tribe you feel seen, you feel heard, and it's a good place to be. So I love how Ashley said, I just stopped saying that. I just stopped saying, who are you talking to? And that is something that I encourage parents to do. It's something that I've learned to do because as they talked about, children are very literal and they are going to answer you. And it's only going to infuriate you more because you feel like they are purposely, intentionally like kind of slapping you in the face. Like you feel like they are being disrespectful and slapping you in the face. Just avoid the question. Don't even ask the question because they will answer you and tell you that it's you they're talking to. I love that Melanie gave us a follow-up of like the follow-up in conscious parenting is that we do this. If you listen to it even longer, you'll find that Felicia was asking Melanie like, but did you give them a five minute warning? And so I want to take it back before we even get to who you talking to, before we even get to the response of this is what we say after we say who you talking to and they done said yes. This is what we do before we say who you talking to. Did you give them five minutes? So it's important to give them that five minute warning. Right. But before we even get there. I want to talk about how we avoid these challenges in listening. And to be quite honest, when y'all come to me and you say, I can't get my child to listen. How do I deal with this? How do I get them to listen? The question that I'm really hearing is, I can't get my child to respect me and I can't get my child to cooperate. And I think that there is nothing more frustrating for an adult than a child who doesn't respect you, especially because growing up all our lives when we were children, there's a level of respect that we did not get based on the fact that we were children. And much like a college degree, (laughs) there are certain promises that we were given as children that we would get as adults. And now we adults and we're like, uh, adulting and parenting isn't giving what it was supposed to give. We think that because we became a parent, all of a sudden we're supposed to get this respect that we've waited years for. Or because we became an adult, all of a sudden we're supposed to get this respect that we have waited years for and were promised all our life that the only reason we weren't getting it was because we were a kid. So we are mad because we think that we are supposed to get this because we don't turn this age. We're also mad because all our childhood, we were told and yelled at and shunned because we were supposed to give these things. So it's like our inner child is is revving up. Our adult child is revving up. Our adult self is revving up and our ego is at the wheel. So this is one of those places where we talk about pillar one awareness, right? Be aware of what's triggering you in these moments when your child is not listening to you. Because your child is a child, listening is a skill, and it's a skill that's going to be developed over time. For some children, it may be developed in three years, if you're lucky. God bless you. But I have one of those children, right? (laughs) I have one of those children her whole life. She's been a great listener. And also, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but when we talk about listening, we're also talking about cooperation. Our children hear us 
right? They hear us. They see us. They hear what we're saying. We're talking about them cooperating with us and respecting us. So again, some of us have those children who just all their lives, that's that's their temperament. They listen, they cooperate, they're easy children. And then you have some children that are a little more challenging and they might be seven years old before they start really trying to cooperate with you. And then you might have some children that are super strong-willed and challenging. And really it's only a challenge for us because we want things to be easy and we want them to listen because we don't want to invest the time. And I don't even mean that in a judgmental way, right? We get up, we make these kids lunch, we take them to school, we go to work, we pick them up from school, we take them to their activities, we make them dinner, we do homework with them, we read them a book, we sing them the songs, like we invest so much. So the idea of investing more, it's almost heartbreaking. (laughs) Like I don't even know if that's the word, but it is a lot. It's a lot. This idea of like, oh my God, I got to invest more into this situation. And it's okay to feel like I just want them to listen right now. I don't have the energy for it. But when we're dealing with our children, we want to hold on to and remember that all our children are going to develop at different rates, at different years, at different times. And we have to be willing to put in the work for the amount of time that it takes to get a return on on our investment. And when we are looking at the short term, we are not making an investment. So when we are dealing with a moment where we're like, I just want you to listen right now, we're not actually dealing with long term. I want you to learn how to deal with the emotions. I want you to learn to deal with disappointment. I want you to learn how to respond and you know all these things that we want for our children long term to turn into the adult humans that we want them to turn into. So when it comes to listening and it comes to the idea of respect, one, I just want to encourage you, like, first of all, respect means having a deep admiration for someone, right? Your children respect you. I don't know who they respect more. Your children think that you are queen and king and they love you. And if you're anything like me, your children are up under you all the time, literally, physically up under you all the time. Your children respect you. They just are not yet showing respect in the way that you want them to show respect, right? Your children listen to you. They hear you. They're just not cooperating with you yet in the way that you want them to cooperate. So here's what I do that works for me well with the children in my classroom, with my children at home. And I will preface it by saying it doesn't always avoid and eliminate all of the disappointing feelings that come along with having to stop something. Let's say your children are watching TV and they don't want to stop watching TV, right? Like you're still going to face the disappointment of having to stop something that they enjoy doing. I won't say it'll eliminate, but it'll lessen the amount of like huge emotions that we face when we have to tell our children to stop an activity or to do something they don't want to do. And that's a contract in agreement. I want you to think about when you go into a job, when you get to the job before day one, you have a contract that tells you the hours you're going to work. It tells you when you're going to get your lunch breaks and your other breaks. It tells you what time you get off. It tells you how many sick days you have. Your contract tells you even what is going to lead to you being terminated from the job. And they sit with you and they tell you, here are all the things that come along with you getting this job. Do you agree to this? Yes or no. And you say yes or no. And hopefully, and most likely, there are no surprises along the way. If you're late and you're late three times to work and you get written up, you're not surprised. You're stressed every time you're late to work because you know what the consequences are of you being late. You're not surprised when you get written up. 
if you are cussing people out and cuss your boss out, you're not surprised if you get fired. <laughs> like you knew up front that this is what it was going to lead to. So when it comes to your children and listening and getting them to cooperate, one of the most beneficial things we can do is to have a verbal contract or a verbal agreement with them. So before we even get to five minutes before it's time to turn off the TV, it sounds something like this. Mommy, can I watch TV? Uh, if you watch TV, we're going to watch TV after we clean up the living room. This is literally what it sounded like in my house about 30 minutes ago. You guys may watch TV after you clean up the living room. I see that you were playing with Play-Doh. Once you put all of your Play-Doh away and that activity is cleaned up, then we can move on to the next activity. Let me know when you're done cleaning up. So then they go and they clean up and they say, Mom, we finished cleaning up. Can we watch TV now? So then I say, we can watch TV for 30 minutes. You may watch out of these choices. No YouTube. Y'all, I hate YouTube so much. I can't even tell you. And my children be watching all these like ridiculous. I, I won't even get into that. I won't get into it, but I want to. But I know y'all feel me. So I'm like, you can't watch YouTube. You guys can watch Netflix or you can watch Disney Plus. You guys can watch it for 30 minutes. 30 minutes looks like one episode of That Girl Lele. <laughs> 30 minutes, as my son says, looks like a circle cut in half on a clock, right? 30 minutes looks like right now it's the big hand is at this time. When it gets to this time, that's when 30 minutes is over. And if you have children and young children, put up a clock in your house. I know all of us have our watches and our phones and we're so used to telling time on there. Children don't know time the same way that we know time. And they need to learn time. And we all grew up with clocks in our house somewhere for us to look at. So put a clock in your house. It might feel old school, but it's really necessary for your child to start understanding the concept of time. So let them know all of the things. If you put on YouTube, we're going to turn off the TV. If you know, I'm going to let you know when it's five minutes before it's time to turn off the TV. If you're not able to turn it off yourself, then I'm going to turn it off. If I see that we're struggling, we might not be able to watch TV next time. If you turn on YouTube and we change it and you go back to YouTube, we're just going to turn it off altogether. Do you understand? They're going to say yes or no. I'm going to say, so is that good? Can you tell me what you heard? You want them to repeat it back to you. If you want children who are practicing listening skills, you want to... I don't want to say test them, but you want to see if they're actually getting it. Eden the other day asked me, mommy, can I have this candy? I said, ask me again when we get home. When we got home, she started eating her candy. I said, girl, what you doing? She said, you said I could have my candy when I got home. I said, that is not what I said. <laughs> so it's so important with these children to say what you say and then ask them what they heard. Sometimes they're going to hear what you said. Other times, they're going to hear what they want to hear. But if you pause for a moment and ask them to repeat back, what did you hear me say? You get a clear understanding of what they heard and what they're willing to agree to. And there are times that I'll say, we can turn on the TV, but we're not watching YouTube. And my children will say, but I really want to watch YouTube. I'll say, I understand that. But if we're watching YouTube, the TV has to go off. Here are your choices. So I'm able to get them into an agreement so that no aspects of this moment and this 30 minutes of TV, none of it is a surprise for them. So when it comes time and I say five more minutes, that's not a surprise to them. When the five minutes are over and I say time to turn it off, that's not a surprise for them. I've prepped them before the activity even started. To take it one step further, sometimes I even prep them for the feelings when the activity is going to end. 
You guys have five more minutes. You might be upset when it's time to turn it off, but remember, that's what we agreed to. If you get upset, here's how you can express how you're upset. (laughs) You may not throw the remote, but if you need to go hit your pillow, you can hit your pillow. And that's one thing I notice also that we do a lot of times with children is we give them a bunch of don'ts and you can'ts. And we don't actually teach them what they can do with the feeling. We've even progressed to the point where like, you can be mad and you can feel mad, but you can't talk to me that way. What I encourage you to do is say, you can be mad and here's where and how you can be mad, but you may not speak to me that way. And here is how you can speak to me. Along with the don'ts, we have to give our children do's. Otherwise, we just leave them unsupported with these big feelings and they don't know what to do with them. They suppress them, they'll blow up, or they'll just say, no, I got to get this out, and they'll direct it towards us, which puts us in that cycle of feeling unheard, disrespected, and infuriated, especially because this is a tiny human, and they in here trying to run our house, and we supposed to be in charge. So those are my tips for listening is like really starting from before it even happens, and this is in all things. This is what the morning is going to look like. This is what TV watching is going to look like. This is what the birthday party is going to look like. This is what it might feel like. But when you prep them and you give them idea of what it's going to look like and you can have them agree to it, now you guys are cooperating. Now it's not even about not listening. It's not about disrespect. You have the cooperation. You have that feeling of respect. And they have the feeling of respect also. You know, I often talk about my desire to respect children. And I think when people hear that, they think that I'm over here negotiating with children. I'm not over here negotiating with children. I'm very clear on my role as the parent, as the provider, as the person who sets the boundaries. But I still have respect for them the same way that a job would respect me and show me what to expect from this job, show me what my role is, what the boundaries are, what the termination guidelines are, all of that. I have that same respect for my child. I'm going to tell you this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. This is what we are going to do. This is what we're not going to do. Do you agree to that? And if you can't, then here's what it looks like. (laughs) Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. So When you are looking to get your child to listen to you, to respect you, to cooperate with you, enter those verbal agreements with them. Your homework this week is to figure out and get clear on what your boundaries are and what you want it to look like. I think another thing that we do is we forget to get clear before things happen. We're busy. Our children say, can I watch TV? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we look at the clock. We realize what time it is. And we're like, ah, five more minutes. You know, because it's time for bath. It's time for bed. So get clear on what your routine is, what your boundaries are, and what your schedule is going to be with your children so that you can go through that verbal contract with them and that agreement with them so that you guys can start to get in a flow of cooperation, a flow of respect, a flow of agreement and listening to one another. That's your homework. Let me know how it goes. Let me know your thoughts and go listen to the Mama's Den podcast. Listen to the whole thing. (laughs) Come back here next week. We will talk more. If you guys have any questions or anything that you're struggling with in parenting, please reach out. You can email podcasts with an S at blacklove.com or you can fill out the form right here in our show notes or you can DM me on Instagram at Cherise Sims. That's all I got for you today. I look forward to meeting with you guys next week. Peace, everybody.